This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Kind of a hot, cold year at 28 points in his debut this season. Step back three. Yes! Wow. What a big-time shot by Adam Miller. 76-53. What a night for Brad Underwood and the Illini. A resounding win against a team that had lost only once previously this season. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL helps sports bettors of all types, from the first time bettors to hardcore, make more informed betting decisions using data and analytics. Again, our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. You are locked to the Radio.com app. Appreciate everyone listening live over there. And at 1430 over in Denver, we're here weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. On Twitter at BetQL Daily, and let's uh, get back into some college basketball because it was a wild, wild evening. Horvat, we welcome into the show Jim Root. He's on Twitter at Second Chance Points at Second Chance Points. Find find him everywhere, including uh, Three Man Weave. Uh, he's everywhere. Better IQ Action Network. Jim Root is a busy, busy man. And Jim, we've got to start here with Tuesday night. We usually like to look ahead to what's going on tonight. Are there any betting opportunities? But there there was so much wild stuff going on. I guess the madness is already underway, even though we're still almost two weeks away from Selection Sunday. Uh, For you, what was the most improbable result that we had on Tuesday? Well, you know, I, I I guess probably most improbable just from a you know a external sense was that Illinois blowing out Michigan without I would assume I, I think that shocked a lot of people. We, you know, maybe some people thought Illinois could compete with them, but just absolutely taking them to the woodshed was was stunning. I mean, you know, there's some crazy outcomes in the Horizon League, but I don't want to bore the folks talking about. Uh, the, <laughs> we the, talked the, about the it earlier. It's okay. Okay. All right, good, good. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I, I love mid-major land, so that's. You know, always happy to talk about that. The fact that it was a zero point zero percent comeback per Ken Pomeroy's win probability charts in that Wright State Milwaukee game, just, just wild. It was such an awesome night of hoops at the start of March. Perfect uh, teaser for the the month that is to come. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Jim, what did you learn last night? Or I should say, you know, we're all probably going to overreact to not only Michigan's loss but also Illinois' uh, win. Uh, what did you learn from both teams last night, if anything, heading into the conference tournaments and then March Madness? Well, with Michigan, you've got to be able to match up with Dickinson somehow one-on-one, and that's going to be tough because most teams don't have somebody as huge as Kofi Coburn that can't be moved. 
it, it was interesting because I, I thought Colburn basically did to Dickinson what Dickinson did to Luca Garza. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like, I, I, you cannot move me in the paint. You're going to have to run into my chest and shoot over the top. And, and it just made it difficult for him. And once that happens, Michigan or, or Illinois didn't have to double in the post. Michigan can't get you in rotations to where they're getting open shots and open driving lanes. It, it all starts with that. If you can kind of cut off the head of the snake like that, then it really causes Michigan problems. On the other side, Illinois, I, I, I love what I'm seeing from Curbelo. It basically opens things up for them without Desunu. It probably makes them better once he's back just because of the confidence Curbelo has gained here. So, yeah, I, I, you know, Illinois definitely on the ascendance right now. Going to be a, a warranted one seed once Marsh rolls around, I think. A lucky result for everyone that bet Baylor yesterday. You get to overtime, and then they covered the four, four and a half that it closed at. Uh, Baylor, West Virginia, what were your takeaways from both sides? Both teams are really good. I, I was yeah. uh, thrilled to watch this game. A lot of great shot making. You know, I think with Baylor, the, the onus was on them to show, hey, we're still this top two team. We still have that gear because it certainly didn't show the first two games out of their shutdown. But mega impressed with them. The way they withstood some of the McNeil-McBride shot-making late in that game was was very impressive to me. Uh, and then just West Virginia, I, I was a little concerned once Sheboy left. And a couple of games after that, I was like, all right, what's their identity now? They, they don't have that bruising front court. They're playing a little more perimeter game. But they remind me a little of Auburn in 2019, just from the sense of we have guards that make really tough shots, whether it was Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, then now it's McBride and McNeil, just because they're not getting great shots doesn't mean they're bad for this West Virginia team. Cause those guys knock them down. I, I'm, I'm definitely keeping my eye on both of those squads for a late run in the tournament. Oh, from what we saw with Baylor, uh, you know, since they come back from the COVID layoff, obviously, you know, we kind of expected them to struggle a little bit, but last night a big win for them. But do you think that, you know, the last week really, especially after Michigan goes down as well, that we've kind of learned that this is Gonzaga is like really the team to beat now. Would you say that this is their tournament to lose Gonzaga? Or do you still think that, you know, there's some value in some other teams that may be able to sneak in there and beat Gonzaga and win the tournament? Yeah, I'm still kind of – uh, after seeing Baylor last night and, and them getting back close to their level, I think it's Gonzaga Baylor. And then yeah. the field that's, that's been kind of my stance all season. And, and now that, you know, Baylor seems to be back to what they are. That's, that's where I'm at. I also, I, it, you know, Gonzaga is awesome. I think they're the best team in the country. I hope they win the, the tournament just because I'm kind of sick of the people that cut down their resume and cut down who they are because they're in the WCC and say they underachieve in the tournament, which you know, it's tough this year. If you, if you think it's Gonzaga versus the field, and now anything less than a, an NCAA championship is underachieving, then, you know, it, it maybe that's people's ammunition against them, but they are that good. I, I, this should, I, I hope it's Few's first title because this team is awesome to watch. Uh, with Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter, find his work everywhere, including 3-man-weave.com uh, over at FTN Bets as well with our buddy uh, Brad Evans and also the Action Network. Uh, Jim, as far as tonight, now we, we don't have a card uh, like we do la- like we did last night. You don't get all the heavyweights every single night, but hey, a couple of highly ranked teams here with Villanova and Creighton going at it. Last check, it looks like Nova a four-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I, I had a hard time with this one. I, you know, Creighton gave them a lot of problems in the first matchup, especially inside. Villanova's lack of paint athleticism has been a major issue all season. They 
don't have any shot blocking. They're bottom 15 in the country in, in shot blocking rate. And that, that opens things up for Christian Bishop, who's been a beast for Creighton. And, and the way they run their pick and roll, he, he gets open rolling down the lane. Villanova can switch a little bit, but I, I, I think Villanova here, just the revenge spot that coming off the really stinker of a performance at Butler where they were two for 27 from downtown. I, I think a little, little bit of bounce back, a little bit of revenge. I would lean towards Villanova, but I, I don't want to lay the four and a half, unfortunately. I'm glad that you guys brought up the uh, mid-majors because those are my favorite tournaments. Is there anything that you see value in tonight there or anything just on this card that, that jumps off? Man, I, I honestly thought, thought this was a, a, a frustrating card to go through just because I, I didn't see a ton of numerical value. Now, I mean, you know, there's, there's always angles you can get into. Um, it, it, usually, favorites of 15 or more in these small conference tournaments struggle just because the, you know, there's a lot of familiarity and uh, the, the underdog is fighting for their season life. So with that note, SIU Edwardsville out in the Ohio Valley, going against the Belmont team that has lost two in a row. We don't know the health of their, their star big man, Nick Musinski. He's supposed to play, but I don't know what kind of workload they'll give him with you know two more games potentially on the horizon here. I, I think SIU could be a pretty decent bet. They're a feisty team. They play really hard. They, they've gone through one of the most insane schedules in really college basketball history because of COVID rescheduling. So, you know, and end of the year here, I think 20 or 19 and a half is the last that I saw. It's a decent bet just because I think they can hang around a little bit. Jim, uh, give us the team or teams that uh, you're really intrigued by as uh, we sit a week and a half away from the tournament. As far as like I'm sorry, um, making I should a run have... in March Madness? No, I'm sorry. I should have uh, uh, been more specific there. As far as a week away from Selection Sunday, just teams that you're you're watching, uh, maybe you have a strong opinion on, or if you're just uh, – you think it's a toss-up about them making it in. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll start with one that I'm just very intrigued by in terms of getting healthy and I think can make a run is Oregon. Probably a team that's you know starting to get that buzz, get a little love. There's definitely the, the Dana Altman narrative of his team's improving late, but – that's because it's true. They, they consistently play well down the stretch. They're tough to prepare for in a tournament setting because of his tricky zone defenses. He mixes in some pressure. It's just not something that you can, you know, go over a quick scouting report in one day and have it all mastered. So I think the Ducks, now that they're healthier, are going to be a real threat come the tournament. And then just the, you know, the bubble, I'd be remiss to not mention these, these blue bloods that are hanging right around there. Duke took a tough loss yeah. last night at Georgia Tech needed that one. Now they get the, the UNC round two. And I kind of think they, they need that one to make the tournament. I mean, maybe they can make a, a deep run in the ACC postseason and, and get in, but I, it's, it's wild that we might have this 21 tournament with no Duke blue devils, possibly no Michigan state either. Yeah. Would you say this is the worst year for the blue bloods that you could remember? Because I can't, I mean, honestly, I can't remember a year where they had this many struggles, you know, Kansas has gotten hot, you know, it looked like Duke was kind of turning things around, but then you brought up the disappointing loss to Georgia tech last night. This is the worst year you could remember for the blue bloods. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, some of it is the elite talent was a little more dispersed throughout the, the college basketball landscape this year with Cunningham at Oklahoma State, Mobley at USC. Like, they're not getting all the top five guys at Kentucky and Duke like they traditionally expect to. And, yeah, I mean, it, even even the, the good blue bloods, quote unquote, like Kansas, are not one seed this year. They're three or four seeds. So, it is, uh, it is certainly a down year for them, but I think that makes it fun. I'm, I'm excited for the postseason with a little more parity, a little more question marks at the top of the country. Uh, with Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter, talking some college hoops here on BetQL Daily via the BetQL Audio Network. Uh, Jim, any uh, conference tournaments that have not tipped off yet that uh, you know you're going to or you've already bet just for the to win the conference tournament? The one tournament that I think is really, I mean, I'll give a recommendation here, but I think you could bet almost any team and feel semi-confident is the Colonial. The CAA it is a complete wide open, uh, hopefully I can say the word crapshoot on, on the air here, but um, they only one team in this entire league played a full February schedule due to COVID issues. And some teams missed early, some teams missed late. Uh, Delaware hasn't played a game since January. The best team in the conference, James Madison, just lost the player of the year to a knee injury. So I think every every team in this league is over plus 200, and you could you know justify a bet on almost anyone. The one I like that the really super long shot, Elon 30 to one was what I saw last time. They're the only team that played the full conference slate. They're the eight seed, so they've got to win four games, which is difficult. But then they played a one seed that I just mentioned is shorthanded. The, the two, the four or five teams are off really tough schedule. They haven't played since Valentine's Day, at least. So I, I think Elon, who's who's won four in a row, could at least be intriguing at that thirty to one price. My favorite time of you know this time of year with conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament right around the corner is some of the guys that aren't household names. People really start to take notice. Like a couple of years back, it was John Morant in the tournament, the game that he had against Marquette. Who are some of the players you're really looking forward to uh, watching here in the conference tournaments and then the NCAA tournament that are under the radar? We all know about Luca Garza, but who are some guys maybe that nobody knows about yet that you're excited to watch here these next couple of weeks? Man, that's that's a good question. I, I was hoping Detroit would win the Horizon because Antoine Davis is a, a cold-blooded killer, but they lost at the buzzer last night. He had 46 in the quarterfinal game, so I would have loved to see him taking on a, a power conference foe. Hmm, let's see. I, I hope that Utah State makes it because they kind of run this inside-out offense with a Portuguese big man named Mimius Keita that I, I would love to see him get there and his front court mate Justin Bean. Also pretty fun to watch. I dig around more towards the mid-major landscape. Mm-hmm. Really, whoever wins the MAC, the Mid-American Conference, it's all the schools in Ohio and Michigan and, and Indiana. There's a couple teams at the top of that league, Toledo and Kent State and Akron, and all of them have like a bona fide superstar in, in that league. Like the top three player of the year candidates are all there. They All, all three of those uh, teams have a senior star. So whether it's Toledo's Mariam Jackson, or Kent State's Danny Pippen, 
or Akron's Lauren Christian Jackson. I, I hope we get one of those teams because I think they could get a, an upset victory and people would be like, whoa, who is this, this star player that they've got that's racking up numbers against the power conference team? So whoever comes out of that difficult postseason tournament, I'll have my eye on. Jim, which team or head coach will Dick Vitale be carrying water for in the Selection Sunday coverage when he's screaming about how they got screwed? Most certainly Duke, I would think. You know, cause <laughs> yeah. It's somebody, whoever he watches consistently enough that he's like, I watch this team, they're a tournament team. And it's like, well, Dick, you got to really evaluate their entire body of work here. I don't think he's taking into effect all their, uh, their Q1, Q2 wins. He's just going off the Dickie V I test and really anybody he sees play as a tournament team. So I'm sure we'll hear some, some Syracuse whining, some, some Duke whining. It'll be the classic Dickie V performance. All his guys, absolutely. Uh, Jim Root, at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Make sure you're following him and check out all his work. Three Man Weave, Action Network, FDN Bets, Better IQ, all over the place. Uh, Jim, let's do this again soon, okay? Awesome. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yep, definitely. Good stuff there from Jim Root uh, with Ryan Horvat. I'm Joe Ostrowski. I can't wait. I, I love that stuff. I may complain about Dickie V, how they need to take him out you know, to pasture <laughs> and some of the coaches crying about their spot and yelling about it on TV, like coach Cal will be doing, oh, yeah. but, I also, but I also enjoy it. I well, really do. I love it, Joe. <laughs> uh, you've got BitQL daily coming up next NBA proper flop 10 games tonight. You're locked into the BetQL audio network.